Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Jeremiah 8. Jeremiah 8. And we're going to read one verse of Scripture. One verse of Scripture. There will be others that we'll go to. Praise God. I will tell you, it's not every day or every Sunday that you feel a heavy burden, but I feel a heavy burden today. I feel a heavy burden today, and I want to encourage everybody in the house to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. It's not Darren Gilbert uh, by any means, but it is Jesus Christ that I hope that I listen really closely, uh, so I'll say the things that he wants me to say. Amen. And I hope that you will hear the things that he wants you to hear. Praise God. Is that a, is that a deal, everybody? Amen. I want to hear what God wants us to hear today. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not, what's the Bible say? We are not saved. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. Praise God. If you would, lay your Bibles down. And if all across the building, if you would just lift your hands to Jesus. And I simply want you to ask what I asked our dream team today during our dream team huddle. I want you to ask God to make you sensitive to his word today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch these lips of clay. Lord, I want to be attentive. I want to be focused. I want to give what you desire everyone to hear, what you let me hear, what you spoke into my spirit. And, Lord, I ask you to speak into every heart and every spirit in this place today. Lord, if there's anybody that hungers and thirsts after righteousness, let them be filled this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Every person, every guest that, that is longing to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, every saint of God that is on fringes or maybe they're not where they want to be, Lord, I pray that today would be the day that you get them to where you want them to be and, Lord, where their heart desires to be. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we honor you and we thank you for your goodness and we thank you for your mercy and we thank you for your power, thank you for your hand of correction, and we thank you for your peace that passeth all understanding. In Jesus' name, and the church says amen. amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> this morning I'm going to preach, teach, talk. I'm going to try my best uh, not to be as... I get a little rambunctious, a little excited, but I'm going to try to give you everything that I have today, uh, if at all possible. If the Holy Ghost begins to take over, if God begins to do something different, then I will submit to that most definitely. But I feel like he's given me something that everybody in the house needs to hear. Would you say this with me? Too late. Too late. Too late. Those words, in my opinion are most of the time, most of the time, sad. It's a sad state, a sad incident, a sad issue that has arose or something of that nature. And there's many different people that say that. Teachers have to say that. Policemen have to say that. Ministers have to say that. Doctors most definitely have to say that. Emergency, I would assume emergency doctors more than any have to say that as just too late, didn't quite make it, didn't get here in time. But the saddest too late, if you will, the saddest 
statement too late or it's too late has to be, without a doubt, no doubt in my mind has to be the one that God pronounces upon a soul. Every one of us are, or we possess a soul. And every one of us, he is either going to say, on judgment day, one of these days, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. And for some, it will be before the rapture even happens. Maybe something takes place. Something happens in your life and you never get that opportunity to get right with God or repent and find a relationship with Jesus Christ and it will be pronounced by either a minister or either a doctor. Most likely when it's concerning your soul, it would be someone that watches out for your soul, a shepherd such as myself or a minister or a friend that had a relationship with God or man, they almost, they, they came to church or man, they, they, they sometimes read their Bible, sometimes they did, but it's too late. I can recall my best friend, two young men that were my very close friends in high school, seems like decades ago, well, I guess it has been, I'm 40, but a long time ago, don't remind me. Anyways, but my one of my very best friends, James Patrick Muldoon, he was in Iraq and struck by a bullet in his leg, artery, and they were unable to save him. He had lost too much blood. The medics got there too late. They were filled. I don't know everything about military. And again, this was the story that the man came and told us that uh, helped officiate his funeral uh, with myself and a few others. But told us the story and he said it was just he was too much blood he was losing too much blood and it was too late and ladies and gentlemen those words they are weightful they are they hurt and as a minister you look over a congregation and you can only hope as a youth minister for many many years my sweet wife and I'm glad she's here glad she's healthy and I can't take enough time to say things about that I'm glad she's free of that big C somebody say amen amen, amen. but many years that we were youth ministers here at this church we would see young people that would come in and they would live for God and they would serve God and then they would get wayward as many young people do and and then there are those that have passed from this light. There are those that completely lost out and it's too late. It's never too late with Jesus Christ and you always pray and hope that someone will come back. But can I explain to you today, if you don't already know this, if you haven't paid attention to the newspapers, if you haven't paid attention to news and all of those things, and I'm not at all a current event preacher. I don't think that we need to do that. If you just preach the Bible, you'll stay with the current events. But my, that's just my opinion. But uh, the things that are going on in this world, it is the last of the last days. It parallels exactly with the Word of God, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. So if you don't read the Word, then you probably don't understand that when you hear or you watch or you listen to the news, it would not mean anything to you. But we are living in the last of the last days, and so we are not promised tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. And so for some, we can't be naive to think that it's not going to be too late for some. It's going to be too late for some. 
I pray to God that I make my calling and my election to God sure. I want God to call me. I want to make sure that I'm sensitive to his calling. And when I feel that conviction, when I feel that, that nudge in my spirit to move to an altar or pray by myself or say, God, create in me a clean heart and renew in, the right, renew in me a right spirit, I pray that I will be sensitive to that so it won't be a too late for me someday. Friends, there is a heaven. There is a hell. And there are souls that are going to both places. And there, for some, it's going to be too late. But I hope and pray that you would hear this preacher today that if we would make up in our mind to live a life of repentance. Make sure that it is at the forefront of your life every single day. What, what do you mean, Pastor Darren? You mean I, I need to repent every day? Well, all I know is the Bible says that we are not to let the sun go down on our wrath. So if there's anything that we made a mistake or there's anything that we've ever done wrong, if there's any, if there's sins of omissions or sins coming, all of these things that we could do wrong, we better make sure that we're sensitive to God that when he nudges the heart, you say, okay, Lord, I want to repent today. I want to make my calling and my election sure. I want to make sure that I don't just become a churchgoer. I am thankful for your giving to the church. I'm thankful for you uh, prospering the kingdom in your giving. But it's not about coming to church and giving your offering. You can't pay your way into heaven. Amen? I'm going to preach about it in a minute. But you can't. There's no, it doesn't matter if you give a million. doesn't get, matter if you give two million. It doesn't matter if you give a thousand or five dollars or twenty dollars. You can't pay your way into heaven. If the soul is not right, it will be too late for you. Praise God. God has given to his creation a gift. Somebody say a gift. Yeah. Grab your neighbor's hand, your husband, your wife. Would you squeeze that hand? Say a gift. The gift is repentance. The Bible, in addition to all else, is a manual on repentance. It is one of the main messages that this book teaches us. It's one of the main messages that is given to every person under the sound of my voice. We must have repentance in our life. Amen. You may find it saturated in the Old Testament and running through the revelations of the New Testament. It is the first step. Somebody said the first step. The first step toward God and salvation. I understand that we have first steps. I understand that what day is it, Brother Patrick? It's, day, it's graduation. Next week we start a new first step. So can't join today, but next week you can. See, I hate announcements and I forget them if we don't do them. So, Anyways, first step's important. And we want you to know about Truth Church. We want you to know how to get involved. We want you to know all that stuff. But that's not the first step. To Jesus Christ. The first step to Jesus Christ is repentance, ladies and gentlemen. We got to repent. We have to repent. We got to make up in our mind, I'm going to repent. Nothing can take place. Cleanliness of the heart is an utter impossibility without repentance. Did you hear me? Your heart can't be clean. 
Your soul can't be purified if you don't make up in your mind to repent. Me and you have got to make up in our mind to repent. we got to feel the conviction. We've either neglected God or we've lived a life that is full of sin. And we can't categorize sin as sin as sin. There, there's all kinds of sin. A murderer, a rapist, a, a, a pedophile. It, all of those are just as bad as a person that told a white lie. They're all the same. There is not one worse than the other, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we do that. We'll see somebody come up on the screen and they're arrested for raping somebody or whatever. Oh, bad. Can't stand it. Be careful. Be careful how you respond. Well, I hate people like that. Oh, well, chill out. You can't hate him. Jesus don't even hate him. He hates the sin that they committed, but he loves the sinner. And aren't you glad? And now I'm glad that he loves the sinner because I would not be standing here with this microphone today if it wasn't for Jesus Christ coming into my life and me saying, Lord, forgive me, transform me. I don't want to live in this state of sin. I don't want to live this life anymore. I want to live a life that focuses on you. Peace of mind. You had no idea, Sister Jolanta, what I was going to preach about today, but peace of mind can never be attained without repentance. So you're overwhelmed. So there's things that boggle your mind and go through your mind and it's stuff from raising or stuff that people did to you and all of those things. Without repentance, you're never going to have peace of mind. So I told you I was going to talk about Sister Smith, preach about her today. Yesterday, I, I wept. I wept leaning over the bed just holding her sweet, beautiful hand and, and talking with her and talking with Brother Smith. And I, I said, hey, you, you've lived a good life. You've kept the faith. You've finished your course. You've done great. And he tells me this story. I'll probably tell it at the funeral tomorrow, so you're just going to hear it twice if you come. Said that last week, she was walking around last week, and last week, she just sitting there and just went on a tangent about people that did her wrong. Just got all beside herself about, I, I can't believe this person did this. And I, I, they, they need to get their self right. They need, and just went on and on and on. And I don't know all the specifics, and I would never give them anyway. But he just said, for a good while, she just let it rip. Who she was upset with and how she was mad about this person. And that person did me wrong. And then he said, I just, I just let her go. You know, she's... Getting it all out. And it wasn't a little while later. Tears welled up in her eyes. And she began to, by herself, but not prompting him or anybody else, just said, Jesus, forgive me for how I felt about those people. I'm so sorry. I don't want to feel that way. I don't want, I, God, I don't want anything to be held to their charge. I'm sorry. And she starts repenting about how she felt about people that 
did her wrong. She probably had every right to be upset, but she said, Jesus created me a clean heart. Jesus, forgive me of my feelings towards that person. You can't get it fixed, ladies and gentlemen, without repentance. You can't get your life fixed without repentance. Quit trying to dot every I and cross every T and trying to figure God out and figure everything out. Get on your knees and say, God, forgive me. Let me repent before you today. Show me my error. Show me my ways. God, let me have conviction and let Lord let me come to you in repentance. Praise God. It is the warp and wolf of Christianity. Repentance is. It is the foundation. It's the interwoven. It's every part, just like this towel is woven together to make this little sweat rag, if you will. It is what makes up Christianity. Repentance. We got to be repentant. I better hurry because I'm not even finished with the first page yet, but that's all right. The greatest saints have been the greatest repenters. And they've been the greatest preachers of repentance. Someone, ladies and gentlemen, that decides to repent and make sure that I am going to live a life that doesn't feel like I've arrived, but I have made up in my mind if I ever have a shortcoming. Does anybody, I don't know about you, but I've got Gilbert characteristics. I got Gilbert traits. I got Gilbert short fuses. I have tried my best to, I've learned that I've got to keep my mouth shut, but also when you keep your mouth shut, your mind keeps on going. So you've got to shut your mind down sometimes too. Anybody else have that problem? I remember as a kid that parents would get on to you and I would, I would shut my mouth. Sometimes I would and sometimes I wouldn't and then you get a hundred spankings because you do stupid stuff like that. But anyway, but I let my mouth get ahead of me, but I, I, I would not say anything, but then I would say something when I was by myself. Adults, it's kind of changed. You don't say anything uh, like out loud, but you think it in your mind. You have to live a life of repentance. You've got to be able to go before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me because that wasn't a right action. That isn't how I needed to act. That isn't what I needed to do, Lord. I want you, Jesus, right now to forgive me. Repentance is commanded by God. Hear. Hear his cry to Israel. Repent. Listen to this. And turn yourself from all your transgressions. So iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from all of your transgressions whereby ye have transgressed and make you, listen to this, Ezekiel 18, and make you, you, make you a new heart and a new spirit. Repentance is on you and me, ladies and gentlemen. And there's one day it's going to be too late. You're not going to be able to repent. I'm not going to be able to repent. So I better make sure that I don't let a day like today pass me by. I better listen to the preacher when he says, you need to think about it. You need to get focused on it. You need to say, God, show me, nudge me, convict me today. And today I'm going to respond. Today I'm going to get on my knees. Today I'm going to pray. Today I'm going to ask you to forgive me. Don't let it be too late for you today. And make you a new heart and a new spirit. You open the door with repentance for the King of kings and the Lord of lords to walk on in and say, yep, I can clean that up. You don't got to let me do it. Let me clean that up. Let me change this in you. Let me change that in you. 
And you got to make up in your mind that you're not going to walk there anymore. You're not going to talk there anymore. You're not going to hang around that anymore. You're not going to pick that up anymore. What you're going to do is I'm going to live a life that after I've repented, I'm not going to go back to it anymore. Praise God. It's commanded by our king. Repent, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Listen to this. And repent and do the first works. Or else, oh man, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. I have got to repent. Repentance is not a popular subject. Repentance is not something. I know I'm kind of going slow today. But repentance is not a popular subject. I believe right now, I truly believe this. I believe there's people in the house that you're thinking about, man, I need to repent for that. Listen to me for a moment. That happened to me too. As these scriptures began to come and I began to type things on my computer, I felt that too. And then I would do a study on the word repentance and I would find more scriptures. And man, that scripture would convict my heart about more things. And so what did I do? I would pray, God, forgive me. And this is the cool thing about Jesus. The Bible said he is faithful and just to forgive all sins. But it starts with me saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm repentant. I have turned from it. I've got to be a true repenter. I can't go back to that mess. I can't go back to those things. I can't go back to the vomit. I can't go back to the wallow. I can't go back to that like a dog would to the vomit. A pig to the wallow. Repentance, it's not a popular subject. It's much easier for a preacher to preach about the love of God. Have faith. That's those things I've preached about many a times. That's easy to preach about. It makes us all feel excited. And we can go eat our lunch at Frank and Lola's here in a little bit and be all excited about eating our taco and our chips. And man, wasn't that a good message today? He told us to have faith in Jesus. And man, don't you feel good? I could do that today. I could talk about those things. I could talk about heaven and how wonderful heaven's going to be, and how there's going to be no pain, there's going to be no sorrow, and all of those things are true, and it's very good. But repentance, it's in the Bible too. I said repentance is in the Bible as well. It's one of the fundamental doctrines of the word. It is a doctrine of first and vital importance. If you don't start with repentance, it doesn't matter about anything else. You will become a sounding brass. I will become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. And it won't be any good to anybody or any family members around. But if I decide, Lord, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to do those things. I don't want to have that kind of attitude. I don't want to go that direction. But I want to go towards you. I want to run to the hills from which cometh my help. I don't want to live the life that Darren wants to live. But I want to live the life that you have for me. You know the scripture, ladies and gentlemen, many of you do. I know the plans that I have for you. They're of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. Let me tell you something. The expected end is not the direction you want to go. It's the direction that he wants you to go.
Repentance was the message of the prophets. Isaiah preached it. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Listen to it. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. What? Abundantly pardon? So layman's terms, your God, my God, Jesus Christ, what he will do, if you'll come to him with a repentant spirit, he will pardon you abundantly. He'll say, I'm, yeah, I know you messed up last week. I know you messed up today. You, you legitimately, met, you repented, but then you're human and you messed up. Guess what? Come on back. I'll pardon you again. We don't play with God, but if you legitimately have fallen because we're human, and yes, we turn from our ways, and we don't want to live that way, but the enemy is a sly old fox, and if I could catch him, I'd put him in a box, lock that box, and I'd throw away the key because he ain't going to play his tricks on me anymore. If I could do that, he's going to keep on coming back for more. He's going to keep pushing those buttons even more. He's going to keep on putting stuff in front of your face, putting people and things and addictions in your face, but... One of these days, one of these days, God's going to deliver. One of these days, you're going to get, you're going to be an overcomer. You're going to be able to be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of His testimony. You don't have to live in sin anymore. Don't think, please, if you're new here today, don't think that Pastor Darren has it down. I put my pants on just like every man in this building. I too can fall, but Lord, create in me a clean heart. God, purify my soul. God, don't allow me, don't allow me to ever live in a way that I believe I'm higher than other people. No, I'm not. Lord, you can save me just like you can save anybody else. Lord, you can transform me just like you can transform anybody else. I don't got a special blood. I ain't got a special pedigree. No, I'm a sinner just like everybody else is. Short. I fall short. But with your grace and your mercy, it's not going to be too late for me when you call me away if I live a life that is focused on you. Ezekiel cried it out in his day as well. Repent and turn yourself from all your transgressions. Listen to that. So iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from all your transgressions whereby ye have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit. That scripture never gets old to me. When I read it for the first time, and when I was studying, I was like, man, I, I got to put it in there again because over and over through the Bible. I'm going to talk about John the Baptist here in a moment. I'm going to talk about others here in just a moment. But that scripture, it's powerful. Listen to that. And make you a new heart and a new spirit. Does anybody want to live for Jesus Christ, really? Or do you just want to check it off? I went to church on Sunday. Awesome. You know, <laughs> I'm going to try to be nice. But this day and age we live in, we've kind of programmed people, participation trophies and participation certificates. Thank you for participating. That ain't going to get you in heaven, ladies and gentlemen. I participated. Awesome. We'll see at, at the end of the 
end of the physical year, we're not going to have an awards banquet that says, hey, you did not miss one service. Not gonna have that. I'm not gonna. I mean, we're not gonna have a participation. You participated in 50% of all of the services, and you came to the altar three times. Way to go! No. Who gives a rip if you didn't repent? I told you it wasn't popular today. John the Baptist, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was the message of our Lord. Our Savior, our King, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. i got to believe the gospel. I can't just repent and that's all I do. i got to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. I gotta believe that he came and he died that I might have life and life more abundantly. I gotta believe it and I gotta live it. When the master sent out his disciples, he said to them, Trust, or th- I'm sorry, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise, raise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. What's that name? Jesus. Among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. It was the message of Peter on the day of Pentecost. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It was the message of Paul on Mars Hill, the time of this ignorance. Listen to this. What does the Bible say? Some of you know it. What's that mean? What does that mean? He winked at your ignorance. He said, you know something they don't really know. Close my eyes. But now, now, listen. He winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. So what does that mean? That means that he's given us a space, ladies and gentlemen, to come to church and to feel conviction and to hear some preaching and not really understand and say, well, you know, they're, they're ignorant of this right now. But eventually, they're going to get it. And so it tells you, I'm winking at it right now. But once you get it, once you understand that you must repent. But I read it to you. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. I used to give you a little bit of grace on that deal. But now you know you're living in sin. Now you know you're not doing what you should do. Now you got bitterness and you're angry all the time and you talk bad about people and you say things bad about your mother-in-law and your father-in-law and you, and you, you talk about your mama and you talk about your wife and you talk, you, 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 whatever, whatever, and all these things go on. You continue in your whatever the sins are. We could list them all out and we still wouldn't get them all. We could do all of that. And you're continuing in that way. But you understand you shouldn't do that. You understand what the gospel says, but you don't want to believe the gospel. He's going to give you some time. Wink at it. But now he's commanding you because you know what the Bible says. The Bible says that you can't go to heaven without the Holy Ghost in your life. The Bible says it. Go read it. The Bible says that we got to repent or heaven's not going to be our home. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we got to be baptized in Jesus' name. 
for the remission of all of our sins. We can argue about it, but you're wrong. The Bible says it, not me. The Bible does. It's not my interpretation. It's not, a, oh, because I'm Pentecostal. It's what I, no, that's not it. It's what the Bible says. i got to be baptized in the only saving name, Jesus Christ. So we can, he's going to let you get by for a little bit. Let me get by for a little bit. But if I continue in that, the Bible says don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together as a manner of some is. What does that mean? That means go to church. That means go to the house of God and worship and live for God and get involved. Be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Go tell somebody else. Oh, man. Go tell somebody else about Jesus. Go teach somebody else a Bible study. He's telling us don't just check it off of our to-do list. Pardon me. Don't just check it off our to-do list. But make up in your mind you are going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm not just going to give my money. I'm not just going to show up on Sundays and think I'm okay. No. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. It's all right. When the Lord Jesus sent out his 12, then the 70, his command to them was to preach Repentance. We got to preach repentance. We got to tell people about just like he told them, we got to do it today. Yet, today, somehow, I don't believe it's here at this church, but I do believe that us as people of God, as a body, I believe that it's a forgotten doctrine. Well, just keep living how you're living. Come to church and just keep, you can come to church, you can go to church for 25 and 30 years and never change anything. You know, the Bible does not say that he's going to accept you how you are and you're going to stay how you are. He will accept you how you are, yes. But Jesus Christ tells you and me, I just read it many times in many different verses, that we got to repent yes. and understand. We understand, many of you do understand what repentance is. Military term from the Bible, walking this way, repent, the drill sergeant would say, or the Roman, so whoever it was, and they would turn around and go that direction. Is that correct? You, you turn away from the light you were living. So you can't come to church and walk to the altar and say, Lord, I repent, and then go right back to what you were doing. It's a forgotten doctrine. Sweetness and light are the rule of today. And I don't mean any disrespect. It's not about all smiles and motivational speaking, ladies and gentlemen. Repentance. Heart-searching, soul-moving repentance is a lot of times glossed over. It's not talked about, but I'm hoping today as I talk to you and preach to you, just give me a little bit more time that we would understand that we as people of God, we as guests that are in the house and people that would you would consider yourself a person that doesn't live for God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, whether you are considered a sinner, a saint, or a guest in this place today, that you would mind the true doctrine in the word of God that tells us to repent. We need to make sure that our life and our heart is repentant before God. God, would you please help me repent today? Would you please help me be cleaned out today? I don't want to live the way that I always live. God would not have us mistake. 
that it wasn't important. It is important. He's letting us know that it's important that we've got to repent. Repentance is more than a feeling. Penitentiaries, jails are full of men and women miserable in their feelings, but definitely unrepentant. There is not one person under the sound of my voice that is not sorry, bitterly sorry for sin. But have you repented? Did you hear what I said? There's not one person in this room today, I, would, I wouldn't think any of us would not be sorry for sins that we have done. We are sorry, but have you repented? Does that make sense? I've sinned. I'm, I shouldn't have done that. That was not good. But, as I talked about a moment ago, you said, I'm sorry. Man, I really am sorry, Brother Ron, that I did that. But then I go back and do it again tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And then I hear a message, and I feel that conviction. Man, I'm sorry I did that. But then I go back the next day, and I do it again and again and again. we got to repent. Because when you repent, you, le you legitimately stop what you're doing. You look at the message you've created, and you say, I don't want to do that anymore. And you walk this direction. You get away from that. You don't live that way anymore. You don't go down that path anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to repent. It's more than just a feeling. It's something that we have to do. It's something that we have to make up in our mind. I'm not going to live that way anymore. Somebody say amen. amen. Repentance is more than fasting. We talk about fasting here. It's more than just fasting. Many people... Many people, I've seen them, they've had, I've talked with them, they've had a sin in their life, and they've talked to me about it, say, I'm going to fast these things, I'm going to fast this stuff, I'm going to fast doing this and that, but they've not repented of it. All you have done is when you're fasting that stuff is you have simply just made your life miserable. I'm not going to eat for 25 days. I'm not going to eat for 100 days. And that's great and wonderful. But if you haven't gone before the Lord and said, Lord, I'm repenting of this. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm not going to go and do that anymore. I'm not going to talk that way anymore. I'm not going to watch that anymore. I'm not going to read that or be around that anymore. I am repenting from that. And you've turned away from it. You're not going to have to fast from it. All you're going to have to do is God's going to pour down his blood. And he's going to saturate you. And you're going to be forgiven. And what's the point in giving it up or putting it in the closet? You fasted and done nothing, or you've repented and done everything that God's required. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord. Right now. <laughs> Repentance is more than conviction. Some have been convicted for weeks, some for years, but you haven't repented. You got to repent. You got to make up in your mind that I'm going to repent. Felix trembled under Paul's preaching, but said, Go thy way. Looked at him and said, Go thy way. He died in his sin. 
men that I talked about and ladies behind bars are sorry they were caught and forced to suffer for their misdeeds but haven't repented. Repentance is more than being religious. Saul, the Pharisee, was very religious. Just stay with me. I know it's a little bit longer, but I'm, I'm preaching for an altar today. Saul was a Pharisee. He was very religious. The Pharisee was very religious. But of what avail was his religion when he met Jesus face to face? Apparently, the rich young ruler had more form of religion but lacked Christ. Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews, but he needed repentance and regeneration. Repentance is more than reformation. It's more than that. The inside is what needs fixing up. That's why I tell people that walk into this church and maybe you don't look like or dress like people that have been here for 20 years, don't start doing it. Don't just start doing it because you see other people doing, doing that, dressing that way. Don't do that. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. That's dumb. You, you do that when you go work at McDonald's. You do that when you go work at Walmart. You do that when you go work at your place of employment. If they have a standalone business, you wear what they want you to wear. You do what they want you to do. You talk how they want you to talk. You do all of that's That's what you do there. But when it comes to your soul, you talk to God and let God talk to you. You study the word of God and let God speak to you from his word. And he'll show you the things that you need to do. He'll, he'll teach you the things that you need to do. And God will begin to take things out of you. When you live a life that says, Lord, I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. Teach me, show me, mold me, shape me into what you want me to be. Oh, clap your hands under the Lord, all you people. God. The vast majority of us, the vast, the vast majority of us know infinitely better than we do. Knowledge adds greater responsibility. To him, the Bible says, that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him, it is sin. Oh, man. Repentance. Repentance in our lives. Repentance on a daily basis. Repentance constantly being at the forefront of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, I don't feel like you've arrived. It will keep you from hearing the words. Oh, it's too late for you. You heard the story of the five Foolish virgins. They didn't have enough oil in their lamp. And when the bridegroom came, they were off, Brother Jonathan, looking for oil. They were off trying to scavenger for some oil. Hey, can you have, I only got enough for me. I don't have enough for you. I, but, but listen, hey, we go to the same church. We sit on the same pew. We're family. We're friends. Come on, give me some oil. I, I only have enough for my lamp. And so they go and try to find some oil. Looking everywhere, under every 
crit and cranny under all, all every store they go to. They're trying from anybody and everybody, and then they get back. Everybody's gone. Hey, we're out here. We're ready now. We got what we need now. Hey, help. Can we, can we get in? We, we are out here. We want in there. The door shut. It was too late. What are you talking about, Pastor Mary? Come on, get your point across. My point is this. We can put off tomorrow. Or why put off tomorrow? What can happen today? Well, I want to I make sure that I like it here. I want to make sure that I like everybody here. It ain't about liking me. I, I, I want to hang out. I love to have fun. I'm going to go play golf with some guys in a little while. I'm going to burn my head off and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be fun, though. Yeah. I'll let you know tomorrow if it's going to be fun. I'm sunburned. But anyway, I like to do all that stuff. I like to have fun and joke around and all these things. But it ain't about liking me. It ain't about liking this church. It ain't about liking everybody here. It's about building a relationship with Jesus Christ and making sure that Jesus Christ can look down on judgment day and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come, be with me in paradise. Or we can come to church and we can put it off. No, you know something. There's some things in my closet. There's some things that my husband doesn't know about, my wife doesn't know about. There's some feelings that I have in me that I'm just really not sure about this stuff. I'm, and I'm just going to put it all. You know, it's not really a big deal. Repentance is a big deal. Repentance, sir and ma'am, is the green light to the beginning of you starting being saved. None of us are saved. Until Jesus Christ says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. None of us. We have got to make up in our mind that we are going to be individuals that confess our sins. We've got to be individuals that we're not going to return to the vomit. And we're not going to return to the wallow as the hog does. And as the dog goes to the vomit, we're not going to do that. We are going to be people that we repent and we turn from our wicked ways. I'm not going to be bitter anymore. I'm not going to be angry anymore. I'm not going to have hate anymore. The word to repent in the Hebrew means to pant, to sigh, to groan, to lament, to grieve. The word repent in the New Testament means to change one's mind. Repentance is a change of your mind it's a change of your mind about your sin I no longer want to do that I no longer want to go there I no longer want to be around that group of people because they do things that I can fall into because I used to do that you know ladies and gentlemen an alcoholic can't go walking into a bar at happy hour. Why? Because the likelihood of them going and saying, hit me one more time, is very high. 
And the list goes on and on and on of different things. That's just one thing. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's a change of mind. I'm not going to act that way anymore. I'm not going to look at that anymore. I'm not going to go that way anymore. I made the statement about a lady that used to be hooked on methamphetamines many years ago. And she would come to service. She would walk past, and I was bishop's assistant, youth pastor at the time. Please pray for me. Pray for me that I won't do this anymore. Pray for me that I won't do that. Sister Hover, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you over and over and over again. I know many of you probably heard this story, but I pray for her. And then finally, I'd had it, to be honest with you. I'd be like, listen, it's like almost every week, and I'll pray for you. And I'm rooting for you. You can do this. And I've, I've met people that have been delivered from cigarettes like that. I've met people that have been delivered from other substances just like that. And so I'm like, either my prayers ain't working or he ain't listening to me or what. So finally, I just asked the question, where are you doing this? Where's it at? Well, when I get home, I live up here, and they live right here in my apartment complex. And genius, I'm a genius. I said, Move. Well, I'll lose my deposit. Or you can lose your life or your soul. And your soul's more important. So what I'd do is I'd pack my bags and I would run as fast as I can to the furthest place to go so I don't lose my soul. When you repent, your mind changes. It doesn't matter what you lose on this earth. Who gives a rip about $500 or $1,000 if your soul is going to hell? So what I want to do is I'm turning my back. I'm not thinking about that anymore. My mind has changed. And I can't serve God, live for God, and be a substance, be in substance abuse. And so I'm moving. She didn't even she didn't move city or move apartments. She moved cities and lived a life for Jesus Christ. Today, I don't know what she's doing or where she's at, but I know that she moved, and she moved churches. That was okay because I want you to be repentant, and I want it to be over in your life because I don't want there to be a day when the rapture takes place, and he looks at you, and essentially when he says, depart from me, you work of iniquity, he's telling you, guess what? It's too late. Would you stand to your feet all across the, pen, or the building? Repentance is a change of mind about your Savior. Please hear me for the next couple of minutes. He becomes the source and substance, the sum and sufficiency of all, all of your life. Your hope, your ambitions, he becomes the crown of your life, the goal of all your strivings, the aim of all your efforts. Repentance is a change of mind about your substance, about your service. It all belongs to God. Listen to me. You call nothing your own. It's not my house. It's not my car. It's not my job. It's not my family. It's not my church. It's God's 
everything. Hallelujah. You are a reward, an agent using the blessings, the talents, the wealth. It's all God's. All for His glory that you won't have to hear the words is too late. So I close with this, ma'am and sir. Don't put off today. Don't put it off today what you can do tomorrow. Make up in your mind. I'm coming to an altar today. I'm going to raise my hands today. I'm going to ask God to forgive me today. I'm going to go to a baptistry and get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission, the washing away of all my sins. I'm not going to feel like I've got it together. Don't feel like that you being a religious person, and yes, I love God. I'm glad you love God, but have you repented? Have you repented? I don't know about you, but I've got friends in the community. I've got friends that that go to school with my kids, and I got tons family, their their moms, their dads, and they're Christians. They love Jesus. But they don't live for him in any form and fashion. It's simply lip service. I love Jesus. But this right here, that thing that beats in our chest, it's far from God. You can't live how you want to live, and I can't live how I want to live and not serve Jesus Christ. I got to serve him, as I talked about a moment ago, with everything. Would you close your eyes and lift your hands all across the building? Lord, I don't want it to be too late for me. I'm going to be very specific in this altar call right now. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I want you to for sure come. If this repentance subject and this repentance talking that I've talked about is foreign to you, I want you to make your way to an altar. If you're a person that you call Truth Church your home and you come every single week and you know that you need to repent, every eye closed all across the building. We have a safety team. You don't have to be alarmed. You don't have to be afraid. They're watching out for you. But just if you would, every eye closed, every head bowed. I want you to make your way to this altar if you need to repent today. If you need to make sure that you're more than just a Christian in words, but you're also a Christian in deed, you're a Christian in how you live. Come on, I want you to ask God to forgive you. I want you to repent. God, forgive me of that stuff, but Lord, I'm repenting. I'm I am turning away. I'm going to believe the gospel as your scriptures talk to us about. As your prophets in the word of God told us, Lord, I am going to live the gospel. I'm going to talk about the gospel, but Lord, I'm going to experience the gospel. Come on, husband. Come on, wife. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on, young person. Come to this altar right now and lift your hands. Don't worry about anybody else. I told you to be sensitive to that nudge. I can't make you, nor would I ever try to make you, nor would anybody else. Nobody's going to overwhelm you. Nobody's going to push you to do anything, but what I want you to do is make up in your mind. Husband and wife, family, you need to make a decision. We got to repent. 
There's some things that we got to do. There's some things that we got to stop doing. There's some places that we got to stop going. There's some decisions that we got to make about our life. Come on, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out today. And He's going to fill lives that have repented, lives that have asked Him to forgive them of all their sins. Forgive them of worldly lust. Forgive them of the things of this world. God, I don't want to live this way anymore. Ma'am, I'm speaking to you today. I have been since we started the service. I have been since I started preaching. I would never embarrass you by any means. And I'm only saying this because I truly feel that God has been moving on your life. But ma'am, I would that you would come to the altar. I'm not going to say who you are because I don't want to embarrass you. But if hopefully what I'm saying, calling ma'am, would cause you to come to an altar and lift your hands and ask God to forgive you. You can start on the trajectory that Jesus wants you to start on. In the name of Jesus, God, would you create in us clean hearts? Would you renew in us right spirits? I don't want it to be too late for me. I don't want it to be too late for anybody in my family. I don't want it to be too late for anybody in this building. In the name of Jesus, God, forgive us. Forgive us, but Lord, we repent. We're going to make a conscious decision every day to live for you. And Lord, not to live for ourselves. Come on, husband, it's time that you start making the decision. It's time that you start leading your family. Start leading your wife. Come on, hon. We got to repent. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. We got to change some things in our lives. Come on, would you lift your voice to Him? Come on, lift your voice to it. Come on. Repentance makes your life brighter. We no longer carry a load of sin. We are right with God. The burden of guilt, of doubt, of terror is removed from us. A new freedom comes in. There is a lift in our life. God, God's comforting presence Your voice to him. Lift your hands to him. Come on, all across this building, would you lift your voice? Would you lift your hands? Let tears run down your face. God, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Cleanse me from the things of this world. Come on, as you're praying, as they're singing, I want you to hear me. Acts 5, God gave the gift of repentance to the Jews. In Acts 11, God granted the gift of repentance to the world. In 2 Timothy 2, the scripture says that God might give the gift of repentance to them who are in danger of being ensnared in the traps of the devil. Sir and ma'am, we're all, we are all, we're all at that brink of being ensnared to the traps of the adversary. The adversary wants to steal the adversary wants to kill. The adversary wants to destroy. But I pray for you right now. I pray for you right now that you would repent. Come on right now. If you want to be baptized in the only saving name, Jesus Christ. If you want to be transformed. If you want to be renewed in the power of the Holy Ghost. If you would come right here, Brother Ashley. He has his hands raised. 
to my left, your right. He'll baptize you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. They'll explain to you more about repentance. Come on, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Except a man is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Come on, let today be the day that you're water baptized. Let today be the day that God fills you with his spirit. Come on, start today with repentance right now. God, create in me cleanliness. Cleanse me, oh Lord. I don't want to think the way I used to think. I don't want to partake of the things of this world. I don't want to partake of drugs and alcohol, Lord. I don't want to... I don't want to eat things with my eyes, oh Lord, that are not conducive to a person that loves you and lives for you. God, I don't want to read things. I don't want to be a part of crowds, oh Lord, that would cause me to fall into sin. Lord, you saved me. Lord, you're saving me, oh Lord. I want you to save us today, oh Lord. God, save us today. Come on, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 8. It tells us the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Don't let that be what you say today. Let today be the first day of the rest of your life. Old things pass away, and behold, all things are new. Do I think for a moment that you won't fall? Do I think for a moment that I won't fall? No, all of us are subject to failure because we're human, but we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, he wants to help us. We gotta come back to him again and say, God, cleanse me. Savior. Though that's important and we all must do that. You got to repent. You got to repent before the Lord. So many times we let religion teach us what to do. But we can't do that. We got to let the Bible teach us what to do. And the Bible says, repent for the kingdom of God. It's at hand. We got to get ready right now for his soon coming. We can't wait any longer. It's not about the church accepting you. It's not about pastor accepting you. It's not about friends in the church accepting you. It's about God. God. He only will accept that which is repentant. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on, there's people that are getting baptized. 
exactly sure on how to repent it's extremely simple obviously I read scriptures about it today but repentance there's an initial thing that happens at repentance you have to make the decision to do the about face I'm going to again we don't categorize sin but I'm just going to put it this way. I'm going to put it where we, would, we get these things. If you live a life of promiscuity, you know, if you've read the Bible at all, the Bible tells us that that's not how we should live. The Bible teaches us that we are to come out from the world and be separate. That has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with the Bible. It has nothing to do with being a Pentecostal or a Baptist or, or any... The Bible teaches every person that calls themselves a Christian that I got to come out from the world and I got to be separate. So if we're doing that's that is just very minute. If we're doing anything and living anything in our life that has to do with the world, it smells like or it sounds like or it is the world. If you read certain things, I know Bishop years ago told me about a lady that read those novels that you can get at stores that are with half scantily clad people on them and there's all kinds of adultery and different things she read the and she, when she when God filled her with his spirit and she was baptized in Jesus name there was conviction there but it didn't stop there she looked at what she did in her mind because God filled her with his spirit her mind changed and she looked at that and was like man that's not good stuff the things that I'm reading about, about affairs and adultery, and the Bible talks about this. It says, you may not be the one doing it, but you're taking pleasure in them that are doing it. And here's one for you. This is a real good one. Make you think real hard. Does God differentiate between an actor and a real person? He doesn't. Well, they're just an actor. I know he's not married to that woman or she's not married to that man, and they're doing these things, they're kissing or whatever, whatever. Well, according to the Bible, if you study the Bible, that's adultery. Not, not because I said so, because the Bible says that. And so when I take pleasure in watching that happen or watching an affair 
play out or I'm watching two people that aren't married, they're married to other people doing that and I take pleasure in that. I'm just as bad as the person doing it. Just as guilty. So when God comes into your life and changes your life, you look at things different. And so you look at your life and there's anything in any of our lives, myself included, that, and I'm not, don't, well, man, there's self-righteous. I'm not being self-righteous. I'm causing us to think. Being a, being a true follower of Jesus Christ, we have to think and we have to read and we can't, ignorance is not bliss, ladies and gentlemen. It's stupidity, and I don't want to be stupid. I want to be a smart Christian that I read the book and says, you know something? i got to stop that. You know, in the past two, three years, I've stopped doing things. We've stopped doing things in our home that we used to do, that we used to partake in because I started studying the Bible more, and I found out more, and I said, man, I'm 40 years old or about to be 40 years old and about to be 38 years old, and i I got to stop this. I can't do this stuff anymore because why? I, I'm looking at five children I'm looking at a wife. I'm looking at trying to pastor and shepherd a church, and I don't want to cause any stumbling block for anybody here. And so if there's anything that we do in our life that is not conducive to the Word of God, doesn't line up with the Word of God, then we have got to be willing to do this. Look at it and say, I'm not doing that anymore, and I'm going to go this direction towards Jesus Christ. And is it easy? No. And don't at all. Become self-righteous. Say, I do this. You need to do it. No, don't do that. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is what I'm doing, and I'm not doing it because I'm better than you. I'm doing it because I'm weak, and I want to be made right, and I want to live a pure and a holy life. And so I ask one more time, if you would just close your eyes and lift your hands as they're getting ready to baptize two people in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. I want to give everybody in this building one more opportunity to repent. Can we do that right now in the name of Jesus? God, would you cleanse us? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us from worldly lust. Cleanse us from the things of this world. Lord, it's waxing worse and worse. Your word declares that. It tells us that if we read it at all, Lord, we can find out that, Lord, there's so many things that are aligning, so many things that it's getting so much closer to your coming. My whole life, Lord, I've heard that. Sometimes I didn't want to listen to it, but, God, I see it now more than ever. I want to make sure that I'm right. I want to make sure that my family's right, my boys and my girls. Lord, I want to make sure that I'm teaching and preaching to a church and they will, and guests that come in, that they would look at their lives and say, Lord, change me. Oh, Lord, help me change. I can't do it on my own. I'm weak. I'm frail. Oh, Lord, I don't have the wherewithal or the strength to do it. But you, Lord, will make me strong. You are making me strong in the midst of my weakness. You're helping me where I can't do it on my own.